Hello and welcome to this, a very, very special episode of One Week at a Time, a Box Hill Hawks podcast. My name is Sean Peterbudge and we're brought to you as always by the very, very good people at Budget Car and Truck Rental. Unfortunately, I'm uh, tackling this week's interview, or this episode's interview, I should say, one out. Uh, M couldn't quite make uh, today's record, which is a great shame, uh, but she'll be back on deck for our next uh, episode, which we hope will drop a little bit later this week. Um, so like I said, this one's a, a very special sort of sidebar interview. Um, now, I do have to apologize, and, and probably to the man himself more than anyone else, um, in the transferring process, for some reason or another, the first sort of 60-odd seconds of the interview got corrupted and were just unsalvageable. I just could not, for whatever reason, the rest of it's fine. But just that first little bit in which I introed the man, um, and, and he sort of introed himself, uh, was lost, but um, we'll pick up the sort of partway through what is ultimately his first um, answer of the episode. And the man I speak about, of course, is is David Mirror. So I'll, I'll give him his due intro here, and we'll go into the interview after that. Um, 155 senior games for the football club. He's a development premiership player in 2010, a two-time premiership player in 2013 and 2018. In the VFL Team of the Year on four occasions, he won two Cole Austin trophies. He captained the club for four seasons and is our game's record holder as captain. Obviously drafted to the Hawthorne Football Club in 2017. He played 11 senior games for the Hawks, including a final on the MCG. He is a Box Hill Hawks life member and now a very, very deserving Hall of Famer. Of course, we speak of David Mirror. So the purpose for getting him on the show um, is that Hall of Fame elevation happened just this past Saturday. And due to his existing football commitments, Miz was unable to make Saturday's lunch. He will be down at the club later in the year um, when he's able to and the fixture allows him to come. But we thought there'd be no better person to get on the show for a chat, to talk about his time at the club, to celebrate his contributions to the football club than David Mirror in this week of all weeks when he's elevated to the Hall of Fame. Uh, I certainly hope you enjoy the interview. Like I said, we, we pick up just partway through his first answer, which is a great shame, but uh, do bear with us. Uh, it's a fantastic chat and I certainly hope you enjoy it. To me, um, you know, I spent countless hours here and, uh, you know, it's, it's the middle of July at the moment. Um, you know, I, I look back and, um, you know, freezing cold nights out on Box Hill City Oval, um, you know, not leaving the place till 9 o'clock, 9.30, um, you know, sometimes with, with meetings and, and so forth. So you do, you put a lot of into it, you, you know, your heart, soul... Um, blood, sweat and tears and um, look, to, to be recognised amongst the club greats is um, something that's really special and, um, and I, yeah, I thank the club for putting it together um, and it was also fantastic to see the other names that were listed um, and their achievements um, but one thing that's definitely not lost on me, Budgie, is you don't get to... Um, experience something like that without um, the people that are around you and um, I'm big on that it's a it's a team sport and we achieve together and um, you know to coaches to players that I've played with along the way um, support staff you know fitness medical and the like admin um, you know they made it an incredible environment when I was there and 
Um, you know, I was able to, I guess, just flourish when I was there and um, just take the most of the opportunities that presented itself, uh, you know, with the alignment. And um, at the end of the day, I can say that I'm, I'm proud of the career that I had here at Box Hill um, and, and at Hawthorne as well. And um, it's something that I look back on with fond memories. I love coming back to this place and, you know, I was here watching the boys play against Port Melbourne the other day and, uh, yeah, it was really special to be back and to connect with, uh, you know, the, the people that are here, um, the supporters on the hill. It was great to be on the hill <laughs> and actually, um, you know, experience that. Um, so, yeah, just grateful um, for my time that I've had here. Because I thought when I saw the list of names <clears throat> and yours from my time here and there's a couple of others, Tony Pinwell and, and obviously Johnny Ewer, who, who I've you know, had... Um, interactions with over my time at Box Hill, but I thought David Mira has to be there. And then my next thought was, you are such a humble guy by nature. I was like, oh, you'll actually be, it'll be really interesting to kind of get your perspective on being told you sit in the upper echelon, the pantheon of the legends of the footy club. Because in a strange way, I feel like you, it might not even sit well with you to be put above or you know, oh, no, look, ca- to be honest, categorise character, you know. Yeah, I expected it. No, I... <laughs> I um, no, for sure. Uh, it was look coming into the footy club and, and being involved in it. You, you're never thinking like that. Yep. You, you literally, uh, you know, when I was here at the footy club, you are so locked in and focused on your role, um, week to week, game to game, um, and you're just so hungry for success. Um, and we had such a, a, a really close knit group that. Uh, we were all on the same page and wanting to get the best out of ourselves um, as a team, you know, whether that was the reserves and the development team or, or the seniors or Hawthorne, we were all on it um, together. So um, you're right, it's it's definitely a... Um, Is it like an out-of-body experience in a way where you kind of you step back and you're, you're a couple of years removed from the footy club and then you get this and it's sort of like, didn't expect it. This has sort of come from nowhere. Oh, Wow. Yeah, I definitely didn't expect it. I didn't think that they, you know, I'm a life member of the footy club, um, and I think I got that around sort of 2016 or 17, um, and that was really special then to be acknowledged for the contributions mm. that I'd made. Uh, when John Ewer rang me and told me that there was a hall of fame and and that I was going to be inducted as one of the inaugural members, it certainly meant a lot. And your first instinct is to, um, you know, look back at at your time at the footy club, but secondly, it was. I keep thinking back to the guys that I've played with. Um, in my time, you know, it was such a close group. Like I, I don't know how to really explain it um, or comprehend it to you. Mm. To um, you know, we we just had a really um, well connected group of individuals who were hungry for success, who um, made the most of their time it was here very at the much, footy club. We were actually chatting it a bit earlier with that. Mitch Truck was just here and, and shooting the breeze with him, a, a young guy coming through the ranks as you did from Eastern and a few similarities there. And we were sort of just talking about, and I think what you're articulating is there were 35, 36-odd blokes. We had a really good, really strong development team and a really good, really strong senior team. And the consequences of that was a really great culture at the footy club, a real togetherness. And as captain and the figurehead of that, this accolade could not be more richly deserved. Yeah. It, it was the time of my life. 
you're in your 20s. Yep. Um, at that stage, I, I didn't have any kids and I wasn't married at that stage. Uh, you know, I was, I was a, a kid who was at uni um, finding his way um, but just really enjoyed footy, really enjoyed this club, really enjoyed the people that were here. Um, you know, when I came to the footy club, we had a lot of great mentors. You know, it was Cam Pedersen, it was Sam Gibson, it was Ed Kerno. Um, you know, we had some really strong figureheads. Brendan Bolton was the coach who put in some really strong um, cultural values and, and beliefs and trademarks. And, um, you know, and I played a lot of development footy. But, yeah, you, you grow and you, um, and you learn and you fail and you get back up and, and you understand what the journey's about. Um, and then I was just really privileged that, as I said, um, you know, from really good presidency um, to really good um, board to um, the coach, uh, the whole way down, um, I'm fortunate that I landed, mm. um, you know, in a successful in a successful time. I contributed to that, no doubt. Um, but uh, I can't help but think of us as a as a collective, and and they're my memories. Yeah. You know, I I certainly yeah put in a lot of hard work myself, but my memories are with um, others at the footy club, and I think that's what winning a premiership is all about. And um, when I look back now, to be able to say that I won two flags, a development flag as well, um, that's my most proud memory. In a lot of ways, you're the prototypical. Box Hill Hawk player, especially of the alignment era, undrafted, out of Eastern Rangers, you come through development, you embrace the club, the club embraces you, you stick around, you're captainess, you're premiership player, life member, Hall of Famer. So as you've spoken in the past about you weren't ready at 18 years of age, disappointed to go undrafted, of course, but you actually weren't ready. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I can. I, I guess... Um, coming out of TAC Cup footy, I thought I knew everything and I thought I was going to get drafted and I just thought it was all going to happen and it was, you know, happy days. Um, I come to Box Hill and I was so far behind the standard that we needed to be at. Um, Brennan Bolton had set some really high expectations of the group and I got to training and I watched Ed Kerno pretty much lap me on a 2 k <laughs> You know, Sam Gibson was the same. Um, you know, we watched Cam Pedersen, who would just dominate playing centre half back, full back at that time. And so that's who I wanted to be. And that's who I wanted to aspire to. And um, so I, I began to set some expectations for myself. And, and I remember there was one key moment for me. It was um, in this very room that was sitting in, in the coach's room here. And Brenton Bolden pulled a couple of us to the side. We're all young fellas, um, 18, 19 at the time. And he said to us, look, some of you may go on and be drafted. But if you don't get drafted, you will be, you know, senior players at this footy club for a very long time and decorated players. You know, I believe in, in you guys and you should have that belief yourself. You're not playing senior footy at the present time um, but we're going to put you know a lot of work into you and and you know we see you as the future of the club and it was a key moment 
for me to really understand, um, you know, my path forward. I wanted to be drafted, no doubt. You know, um, 2009 playing under 18 footy didn't happen. 2010 first year at Box Hill didn't happen. 2011, like it just didn't, wasn't happening for me. And that's what I put a lot of energy into. But as soon as Bolt said, look, you guys are going to be the future of this footy club, my focus almost turned instantly. It, it removed... It sounds like a, like a bit of a, like a light bulb moment. Yeah, it was. Because at the time, you're just turning up and playing footy. Like I was mm. just coming to training and I was just part of the group. Uh, I was just another number. But when he said that, I was like, oh, wow, like this guy actually believes in me, believes in us, because there was probably about six of us in the room at the time. And I just looked around at the, at the guys who were in the room and I was like, you know what, I actually believe that. Like I'm looking at these guys going, wow, we are that group. And if we can stick together, we could do something really special. And so from that moment on, it just flicked into this, okay, well, I'm a Box Hill person now and you know I've got – a certain expectation, a certain responsibility now to deliver upon that. Mm. And so all my focus and attention went into that. And then, you know, the next year I started playing more senior footy and, yeah. I think the, <clears throat> the thing about not being ready is really, really pertinent because I remember having a chat to Braden Kilpatrick at the end of last year when he, he wrapped up with us and he said the same thing. So he said he came down to the footy club at 18, he goes, and I wasn't ready. Because I might have thought I was ready or I might have hoped I'd be ready because but I wasn't, and what ends up happening with Killer over the next three, four, five years, he ends up becoming a really, really good VFL footballer mm. and a really strong player for us, a premiership player. Yeah. And you just went, it's that realisation of, look, AFL's the goal. Absolutely AFL's the goal, but this is a really good standard of footy that I can make a mark on and whatever happens, happens. But just that idea of he just went, he goes, I wasn't ready. I wasn't yeah. ready to play senior football. And you do. You feel a million miles away from it. And I remember my first game, 23rd player. I played about 20 minutes. We played North Ballarat, who were all dominating. Like, I think they might have won three in a row at that time. Um, and, you know, you're coming up against the best. And uh, we got smashed 80 points or whatever it was. And I found myself back in the development side the next week. And you feel a million miles away from it. But, you know... You lean into these senior players. You know, you're a young fella. You're learning the standards. You're learning the effort that it requires, the mentality. Um, and I just watched them over and over again, and you know, just wanted to to get there and and, and be there. But you know, my two k time trial was horrendous. <laughs> you know, I I didn't lift any weights. I no extra running. Um, I couldn't have been further from it. Mm. And you know what? Even the year after, I still wasn't doing extras. It only really came until sort of three years later that I started to really, you know, click into gear about what's required to participate at the level, particularly when you're coming up against some really strong VFL players and AFL players who are doing it full time. In a lot of ways, and, and you've really articulated, is you grew up at the Box Hill Footy Club. What, what is your single biggest takeaway from your time? Oh, the biggest takeaway for me was um, leaning into the footy club. And, and by that, I mean um, I made it my second home in that, um, you know, I would – and back then we start, we'd, we'd come on a Monday night and, you know, we'd get our um, – do our recovery. So, you know, that would be run, weights, massage. Um, Tuesday night would be the main training um, – 
Wednesday you'd be doing extras, you know, weights, boxing, whatever it was. Um, Thursday main training, Friday captains are on Saturday, and then you're doing recovery. So, um, but you're not just doing it by yourself. You're taking a group with you, and so we started to build this amongst, you know, ten, twelve of us um, core players. I can reel off all their names, um, but you know, I might miss one or two. Um, it's a dangerous game. It's a dangerous game. But, um, you know, and just wanted to make this footy club something. You know, like I, I remember... What, what was it that lit that fire in you? Because to be, to be like, it can be, it'd be fair to say, and this is your leadership philosophy was rooted and built entirely around relationships, connection, and you can still feel that in a handful of boys that are here, that when you were here, a shoehorner is a really great example, is that that all rubbed off on him. And But what was it that lit that fire in you to go, I want to make this place something, I want to be a driver of that, I want to hand the baton to the next group in a really positive way? Yeah. I, um, so it, it's probably a combination of things along the way. So as I said, when I got here, Brendan Bolton was really strong on... Um, standards and and one thing that he also did was he invited past players back in and you know we created a, a locker legends you know we'd sit there and we'd listen to the stories of these players coming in and then you start to learn about the history of the footy club and where it's been and and then where it's going and that was a big one for me you know and then I remember Damien Carroll who was my second coach and um, you know we weren't going that well in 2013 and he put a message out to the group and he just said guys, we can do something really special here. Um, let's all just stick with it. Um, we've got a good group. Things can turn for us. And then I remembered, okay, well, we've won one flag as a Hawthorne, Box Hill-aligned football club in the VFL 2001. I thought, wow, wouldn't it be an opportunity in 2013, it was at the time, to do something special? Let's put our names on the honour boards. There it is, second flag, um, something they can never take away from us. Wouldn't that be, you know, incredible? And, and there was a 2013, and I'll remember this, and, and my best mate Posty can tell you, he was at the footy club, and that was the year Drake came out with a song, Started From The Bottom, Started From The Bottom, Now We're Here. <laughs> started From The Bottom, Now The Whole Team, you know, It's here. serendipitous. And we would play that, I, I kid you not, you ask Posty, and I'm sure you'll be listening to this, we would drive in the car, you know, we'd go and get dumplings before training. Probably not a great pre-training Dumpling meal. King. Dumpling King. Dumpling King. Yeah. Box Hill icon. Well, we went and put our, um, our team photo there. They never sponsored us, ever. We always paid full price, but we made sure we put our <laughs> team photo. We, we still go there. You still go we there? Still go I think there. we might have started something then. But we'd play this song and we'd just go, imagine, imagine, imagine. And then I'd have countless conversations with Barney in the, in the office and you know, he said, mate, you can do something really special with this group. And, um, you know, and that year, Pratty was fantastic. Daniel Pratty was the captain. Um, I still get a little bit uncomfortable when, when people say I was a premiership captain. But, you know, Pratty was brilliant for that group. He really brought them together um, as a tight-knit group. And so, for me, the passion was there. You know, that was our chance. Um, if we had the opportunity to win it, we'd just give it everything and we'd bring blokes along with us. We worked incredibly hard. And it paid off. It feels like what you're saying is it's that simple mantra of 
you just wanted to leave the footy club in a better place. Yep. Whether yep. it was amazing when you got here yep. or not great, yep. needed to be better, how can I make sure that when yep. I leave, yep. it's better than when I got here? Yep. Uh, <laughs> this might sound wrong, um, but for me, I just had this mentality that I'd always feel uncomfortable coming back to the place if I hadn't won a flag. Okay. <laughs> like it just, it's, yeah. it's just sounds so stupid. You wanted to achieve something. But I wanted to really leave something here yep. that I can come back at any time with this group of players, catch up for a beer and say, hey, look, we did something awesome in, in that year. Um, so that was my whole drive and motivation focus. And, um, and then to get there and do it and to see the joy that it brought the whole club, then it's like, righto. We've got a blueprint here. This is something that we can replicate again and again and again. And let's bring others for the ride. Um, now, we made the grand final 14 and 15. We lost. Um, we learned a lot, though. Mm. And um, it's just special to be able to um, yeah, I totally have, get that, it. have that bond. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what you play. You can play footy to win, clearly. But the relationships you forge along the way are – what draw you back, memories draw you back to a conversation or listening to the song in the car with Posty or everything always comes back to the people who you shared those experiences with. And one person that you shared a lot of experiences at the football club with uh, was your old man. Yeah. That was, I remember saying when my first got here. Yeah. And I remember sort of going, I don't know, it came up pretty early. And um, I went, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Dad's featured heavily um, throughout my footy career, not only mine, but my brother's as well. Uh, we were looking at photos the other day of, of our junior footy team. Um, Dad was heavily involved back then as a coach and team manager and you know, all the way through he was right there um, by my side. Did he just come, did he just come down because you were here? Was well, that... the story behind that was, uh, yes, obviously I, I, I start playing here and I think one day – I can't remember if it was Stewie Ward or someone else who said, look, we're, we're short for trainers. We need more trainers to come in and give us a hand. Mm. And at that stage, Dad was a trainer at the Scoresby Footy Club with my brother's team and he'd done it when I was at Scoresby as well. And I just said to him, look, you know, they're looking for trainers. You want to jump in and help the footy club out? And he went, yep, absolutely. He's not a trained masseuse. He's... <laughs> He's out there giving massages. Like I was so nervous. So he came in, and he's a, he's he's a trainer. And so the boys are putting their names down for massages, right? And these boys, like we're talking about, like Chance Bateman. Look, these are premiership players in like 2012, whatever it was. And and Dad's massage. I'm going. Oh, don't you stuff this up? Like, did he just watch a YouTube video, or did he? I don't know how. I think so. I think so. Yeah, I don't know how he learnt, but um, he ended up being really good. Mind you, this is you. the beauty of. And I've always said this, the best thing about VFL football is it's like it's local football on steroids. Yeah, yeah. There's so yeah. much the, – the semi-professional environment and so much of it is professional, but all the fun is in the semi-things that are in the margins between – Oh, 100%. Your old man who's yeah. no way yeah. a yeah. trained professional yeah. at anything. Yeah, and he would, he, would, he would pack his bags. Like I would pack my bags on a, on a Friday night. <laughs> 
And he'd stroll. He didn't have a locker, but he'd just stroll into the change rooms anyway and just get changed there. Love it. It's just like, Dad, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, but look, Dad became really good friends with, with a lot of people yep. here and it also became his home. He was shattered when I got the chop from Hawthorne in 2019. <laughs> he wanted to stick around. Was when I like told him I was going to Collegiate, he was flat. Uh, is he a life member? I don't think he's a life member, no, but he won the Ron Gibbs That's what he won. Memorial yes. Trophy yes. as um, – as a servant of the yes. footy club, um, which he was really proud of. He's still got the trophy at home right next to the TV. <laughs> uh, but um, so I go back to him becoming friends with a lot of the people. Yeah. You know, guys like the Colonel. Yep. Um, still here. You know, still here. Graham, um, you know, Gordo. Gordo. Gordo was another one. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, Gordo <laughs> passed away and. But Dad had a really strong connection with Gordo and him and I went to Gordo's um, funeral. So for him, it was more than, you know, he started off just helping out, but then it also became, um, you know, a second home for him as well and it was really important. Um, And, you know, (laughs) he was very cheeky out on the footy field as well, delivering water. He'd run past me and give me a little tidbit here and there. Piss off, Dad. Get out of here, would you? Um, or he'd have a go at the umpire or something like that. Um, you know, actually, one funny day, uh, and we've got, a, we've got a photo of it, and I think it was Jenny Owens who took it. Um, he's on the far wing, and a dog ran onto the footy field. And, you know, every, the, the match has stopped. That can happen at VFL 11. It happens at VFL yeah. 11, the, the, this big white dog. And everyone just sort of let it run around. But Dad goes, no, no, I'm not having any of this. It was like the, the pig at full forward in yep. the Sydney moment. Yep. He decides, no, no, I'm going to chase after this dog. Now, if, if <laughs> you've seen my old man, if anyone's seen Dad, um, he's packing a few extra kilos and he's not the quickest block in the shed. He chased this dog and he just <laughs> reached for it and he's fallen over. <laughs> he didn't catch it. But Jenny Owens has snapped this – it is a beautiful picture. If we can ever get it up, we'll get it up. But um, – but this is you know what I love. This is what this is what we were talking about. This is what the beauty of EFL football is. You want to win the game and you want to win the flag, but those are the things you remember. A hundred percent. That's what that sounds yeah. ridiculous. Um, when we won the first flag in two thousand and thirteen, he was crying more tears than the president, than the players, than the coach, than anyone. Because he felt a part of it. And he, he was felt- he was there. He was right there. And um, you know we got a photo of us holding the cup together, and he's in tears and. Um, you know, it meant uh, a lot to him. Um, you know, because you work so hard, and there's so many disappointments along. Like I didn't get drafted; I was shattered. Yep. I was absolutely shattered. And as a father, now I'm a father. I understand that. Um, so yeah, you just mentioned it's a beautiful segue. Well done. It's like you can see my notes. You're a dad yourself now. You got Massimo. Yeah, You've yeah. Got, uh, Lorenzo. Lorenzo, yeah. And of course, your oldest, Vincent Aducci. Yeah. <laughs> now, firstly, um, you brought Massimo down to the game yeah. with Port Adelaide. He, he was a bit of a trooper. He lasted fairly deep into the game. He was, it was a good effort. He, he did well. Um, at one point, I was a bit afraid when he ran down the players' race and ran onto the field when the ball was coming down. I think he just wanted to spoil it like his old man. <laughs> he, was, he was intent on getting onto the playing field. He was intent and, and luckily Dooch was there and, and, and saved him. Um, but it's the first game, yeah, I, I brought him down and, um, you know, that, that was an experience in itself. The first time I've parked about two kilometres away because I'm always playing here, we get the, the spot right on the wing. So as a spectator, <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to speak to Colonel about that. 
Because you, uh, you actually might be one of the only people Colonel would let into the car park. <laughs> he let he's, me. For he's, the, he's pretty strict, mate. For the first time in about. I reckon my entire time here, mm. like a couple of weeks ago, I was able to kind of con my way in to mm. the car park upstairs. Usually gives me nothing. And just sends me around the far side. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's like, got, look, one time at Hawthorne, I had to spin the wheel for, I can't remember what it was. And one of the punishments, um, well, it wasn't a punishment to me. I enjoyed it. Was um, doing the car park with Colonel at, at, at Hawthorne there at Waverley Park. Obviously, it's not roped off or anything, but Colonel does it on a Thursday where he... You know, only lets the Hawks boys through. Um, so I did it with him for about an hour, freezing cold in the morning. So he owes me. He takes no guff. With the Colonel. He takes no guff at all. No, no, no. He's a good man, the Colonel. But do you, um, do you, sort of, do you, keep, um, do you still keep tabs on how the club goes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, well and truly. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, you know, always checking in, having a look at the scores. Um, you know, I try and watch where I can, where I've, you know, if I've got a day off or something on a Sunday... Um, you know, I was hoping to come on the Saturday just gone with the Hall yeah. of Fame announcement, but I'm still playing footy, which is madness, um, but really enjoying that. So, yeah, I try and come down whenever I can, whenever I get the licence um, from the boss. Um, and what I would like to try and do a bit more now is, uh, now that Massimo is getting a little bit older, is is bring him along and he's got his Vincent Aducci <laughs> jersey that it. he wears. I couldn't believe um, it. He loves that. And, um, yeah, he's, he's not showing too much interest in footy. He's enjoying uh, the kitchen at the moment. We've got him a kitchen and he plays with the vegetables and he's more of a Gordon Ramsay than he is um, a David Mirror. So, um, oh, and the other, he loves playing guitar. So There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, we mentioned Dooch. He's got Dooch's number on the back. And, and jokes aside, you had a really good relationship with mm. so many of the boys here over the years. But Dooch was one who... Late on in your time, you really took under your wing. What was it about Dooch in particular? Because it was, it was not an old, like an older brother sort of thing, but it was yeah. that you really took him under your wing and it was, it was great to see and sort of helped him mature on the field and, and really help him along. What was behind that? Uh, good Italian boy who enjoys yep. his pasta and his pizza. And, um, oh, look, Dooch is just such a um, joyous person to be around. Um, it's infectious, you know, he's, he, he just makes you smile, he just makes you love life. Um, and I picked that up early on, even as a, you know, 18-year-old coming through the door, he just had this confidence about him that I just loved. Even though he's a shy guy, he's still very confident and, you know, out there. He's sort of introverted. But, but at extroverted. The, at the same time... <laughs> Like weirdly extroverted, it's really odd. It is, it is. And um, but having said, I saw something in in Dooch, um, You know, in that first year, played a lot of senior footy. Uh, you know, played finals together, um, and he had all the all the talent was there. Um, and look to his credit, I, I never really did anything out of the box, out of the, you know anything extraordinary. I, he came to me and said, "Look, I want to." improve my footy i want to improve my fitness i want to improve my body i want to learn diet um everything that it takes to perform at vfl level and so i just helped him with that. i said come with me um you know like others had done to me in the past um i was doing the same to him and um uh, you know we just formed a really oh yeah we just formed a past tense with Still, great mates. Um, 
we got a great photo of you two when you came to the port game because, like me, I think Dooch spotted you. You went out to the huddle and it was a bit of a, oh, miss. Yeah. Miss is here. Yeah, yeah. I, and, you know, I'm hoping that he's, um, he's injured at the moment, but, um, you know, over the next couple of weeks he's able to um, find his feet again and, mm. and get back in um, because I know that the boys love playing with him um, and the coaches want to get him out there and um, hopefully he can play some really good footy. But Dooch is doing some great things in his life outside of footy as well. I'm really proud of him. Um, you know, the way he went about, um, you know, his time trialling with Hawthorne. Um, so, yeah. Did he reach out to you at any stage with Yeah, that? we spoke. Yeah, we did. Touch base? And... Yeah, we spoke, um, you know, fairly regularly. Um, we went out for dinner with him and his partner. Um, and, you know, yeah, we, we um, have ongoing conversations, you know, uh, near on every week. Um, but, you know, as I said, and what I love about him is he chooses what he wants to do. And I think it's um, quite a special trait to have. Absolutely. Speaking of good Italian boys doing good things outside of the footy club, got a name for you. Xavier Damasi. Yeah, Dima. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, yeah. did, did I hear correctly? Yeah. Does he have a cafe? Yeah, he does. Yeah. We, do we um, want to give it a plug? We absolutely give it a plug. Our Raphael. Um, I ventured down to Kilmore, where it's located. Uh, now, I live in Lilydale, <laughs> Budgie. Um, now, I, I decided, you know, we had school holidays. I thought, oh, this would be a good opportunity to take the kids um, with me out to Kilmore to see Dimmer's Cafe. <laughs> and I decided <laughs> I, to I go... I already. Like I, I decided to go the back way and we're going these windy roads, <laughs> Yarra Glen and uh, I don't even know this, Stony Creek or I don't know from what it's called. We go these back ways. And um, I said to Rach, my wife, I said, oh, look, I'm a bit concerned. <laughs> I think we're going on these windy roads. We've got Massimo and Lorenzo in the back. She goes, oh, no, I'll be all right. Be all right. <laughs> Next minute, Massimo's vomited. <laughs> oh, this isn't good. Anyway, we eventually found our way. I think it took us about an hour and a half. We got there out to Kilmore um, and we walked. And, and, you know, Dim has done an incredible job. And, um, you know, credit to him. He's, he's wanted to pursue this for a really long time. And um, he's been able to – but one thing – and this is the Box Hill connection. When I first got to the club, 2000 – I spoke about Sam Gibson yes. and, and Ed Kernow, Cameron Pettis and these guys. Julian Moosey. Okay. Julian Moosey was here at Box Hill. He was a player. He started off doing coffee carts when he was injured um, up on the hill. And then from that he, you know, got his first cafe and then, you know, I think he's got, I don't know, 28 – cafes now and you know hospitality group and he's just dominating at life I was able to get Dimmer in touch with Julian Moosey and say hey look you know Moosey might be able to help you out um you know with the cafe and he did you know he's now he's stocking his coffee and it's the power and, of the footy club and that's the power of the footy club and the networks and connections that's right paying it forward 100 percent yeah so what was yep. it what do they do at the cafe does they do lunches do they do yeah, so they do obviously um, amazing coffee, okay. incredible coffee, um, and they also do yeah just um, mini um, lunches like baguettes and um, and also pastries and, and so yeah, Raphael, ah uh, Raphael, at Kilmore in Kilmore, in Kilmore, Kilmore the main the main street in Kilmore, um, whatever it is, whatever that 
street is called. Xavier Damasi, one of the very one of the funniest guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> again, sitting in this room, um, sitting where you are, in tears, in tears, laughing at the top of my lungs. Um, you know, at some of the 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 fines and. Um, the jokes and all that sort of stuff. So he he was very very good with the humour. Still is, to, and he'll give me an absolute pasting about this podcast, um, and so he should. Um, <laughs> One of my my most enduring dimmer memories was uh, prelim final week twenty seventeen. We'll play in Richmond, um, obviously out at Northport. And Dimmer um, wasn't going to be in the mix for the, the senior team that week, and, and the Dev boys had wrapped up for the year. Um, Potentially the week he before. He wasn't in many senior teams, did I? <laughs> I didn't want to say it. You said this. <clears throat> he did. In 2017, though, I did go back. He did kick a senior goal, which was one. Against the doggies. Which was one more than you managed for the year. Actually, no, 20... that is incorrect. You kicked a three or four against Werribee. Sorry, he had you covered until quite late on. Uh, correct. I've corrected myself. Correct. He yeah. did have you covered, which was extraordinary, to be brutally honest. Yeah, I didn't kick many from full back, unfortunately. <laughs> I didn't. Get but the opportunity too many the, times. The but now that I'm playing forward, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that I was played in the wrong position my whole career. But anyway. I've got a taste for it. But no, a prelim final week and he came out on the track and he was just electrifying. And he was just... Keeping, and he would have told you about how good he was as well. Oh, but he was just keeping it light and he was just... Because, it was, it was, you know, it's a big game and the, and the mood can be a bit tense and mm. people can be wound up a bit tight and... You know, we're here to be serious, but we're also here to, you know, not let the attention get to us. And he, he just disarmed yeah. it completely. He was very good at bringing you back to earth. Oh. Very good at that. I just um, remember him leading out from the goal square yeah, and yeah. taking, like, yeah. ridiculous chess marks. Yeah. <laughs> no, but don't, don't also, you know, don't forget his, his, um, his partner in crime at that time, Billy, Billy Murphy. Murphy. Don't forget Billy, the BMF. <laughs> Them two together was... Did, was it true... Who called who the human Arancini ball? I reckon that was Billy to Dimmer. Yeah, because that was when yeah. uh, the Dion yeah. Prestia. So can, I, can I tell one story <laughs> on these two idiots? Please. So oh, I'm not going to stop you. Oh, Don't worry this about is, that. Oh. Okay, so um, Box Hill had just bought some new gym equipment, right? And they had to get rid of the old equipment. And Billy Murphy had just started up his BMF Fitness, Billy Murphy Fitness. He needed some equipment. All right. I almost need to mute myself. So, so I think. They, they get a trailer. They come down to the footy club. They load all this heavy, like leg presses, squat rack. Like they've loaded everything onto this trailer. I don't even know they knew how to drive a trailer. <laughs> so anyway, they're driving it back to, um, I think it was Altham. Billy was living in Altham. And there's that roundabout there. I think it's Williamson's Road or I can't remember. Yeah. And they're going around this roundabout. <laughs> and the tailor, the trailer <laughs> tips. And all the equipment falls off <laughs> in the middle of the road. <laughs> so here these two knuckleheads are <laughs> with all this equipment on the side of the road. They had to leave it there overnight. <laughs> You know what the best part of this story is? This would have been on the news. Oh, I reckon it would have been. Avoid, avoid Williamson's Road Roundabout. <laughs> oh, 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 absolutely. <laughs> the stories I'd have, you know, Dimmer on his first day of work, <laughs> locking his keys in his house. <laughs> There's just all these stories that 
Oh, just brilliant. But oh, those two... I'm in tears. Those two together um, were a force to be reckoned with and, um, incre- yeah, made, made the time spent here at the footy club, um, you know, incredibly special. This week's the Billy Murphy Cup, of course. Is it? It is. Uh, hopefully I've got my fixture right, Northern Blends. Right. The Billy Murphy... Mm. We might have had... Uh, Mac Dorian obviously spent some time Mac, here as well, yeah. of course. So the Dorian Murphy... Uh, cup. Yep. Um, and Liam Mackey. Yes. Liam Mackey's still 100%. running around. Um, I think he might be, yeah. Mm. Mm. Where's it being played? Preston. Okay. All but, right. Uh, no, look, those two, like, yeah, Billy, Billy Murphy, absolute star of a human being. Love watching mm. him play footy. Didn't, I didn't get to see so much of Dimmer play because um, the dev was only for that, that first year I was here, but yeah. absolute ripper, yeah. clubman, just phenomenal. And yeah. U3 was sort of like a bit of a. A bit of a trio as such, kind yeah, of. Yeah. Um, I don't, don't. You were almost babysitting them to an extent. Yeah, I think I was. Yeah, just trying to keep them out of trouble. Um, trying to show them the, the the straight narrow. The you know the, the yeah. Just like even just the first footy camp. I'm just thinking now the first footy camp that we had together and Billy and some of the mischief that he got up to. But um, these guys are, are mates for life. Um, and, you know, like, because I've been at the footy club for so long, um, you know, there are guys who I came through with, um, who I spent a lot of time with. Um, and then even towards the back end of my career at Box Hill, um, you know, there was another group there as well. Yeah. And you, you get to, you know, it's such a diverse, diverse group. But, um, no, look, those two are definitely up there with the funniest. And, and probably someone else who um, I'd like to mention as one of the funniest up there was Jackson Ross as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, my last couple of years, yeah, Ross, he was very, very good. He will occasionally... He stitches. <laughs> he will occasionally... Uh, he hasn't done it for a little bit, but, like, comment on social posts. Yeah. Like, in a really tongue-in-cheek sort of funny way. And yeah, and that's... that's Yeah, he's always he's always been like that. Um, and Ross is off to, if he's not already, the University of Tennessee for punting, so... We wish him we do. all the best and Absolutely. hopefully we can get over there and get some tickets to some games. You, Dimmer and Billy Murphy, just the three of you. And, and Dooch can And can Dooch. And, and I'll give you one of you a GoPro <laughs> and we'll see what we can get out of it. <laughs> I suppose just, just back with your footy yeah. stuff, I mean, <clears throat> did, did, you ever get, did you ever get frustrated, you know, during your time at Box Hill? Because, you know, we mentioned earlier and, and you spoke to it really, really well that you had that moment with Bolts. That sort of realigned your thinking a little bit. But it, as the weeks and the years would go by, you'd play with or against listed boys, you'd acquit yourself well, you were really highly regarded and it just you just weren't getting that opportunity. Did, did that ever become sort of frustrating? Incredibly frustrating, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, we just brought the mood right back down, you by did. the way, after that unbelievable <laughs> story. You did, um, but... Such is the highs and lows of of footy. Um, you know, you, you're right. You you play a game and you play really well, and you know you play against someone who wasn't that great, and they get elevated the next week, and they're playing AFL footy, and or you're watching at home, and um, you're just thinking, "Geez, I'd love an opportunity. Just give me an opportunity." And um, I've played on him. I've pl- I've yeah, that's right. With him, you know, that's so right. You know, um, look, I ended up getting my opportunity, but again, I was 27, um, you know, but yeah, incredibly frustrating. Um, and I don't know how, how deep I want to go with, 
with the mentality, but um, you know, it, it would get you down. It would. You'd you'd be thinking about it, and and we'd talk about it as a as a group, as a playing group. We'd get, oh, do you see such and such? He's no good, or yeah. that and that. Um, again, now I've got the perspective, um, having been in the AFL environment, um, but. During those times, the thing that kept bringing me back was the um, hunger for team success and that's what drove me more than anything, um, as, as disappointing as it was not being picked up earlier on in my career. Um, and, and, you know, there were Hawthorne-listed guys as well that I played with that I would go, oh, geez, I'm not so sure about him or, you know, how is he on a list or... Um, and then you've got to play with him. <laughs> it's, it's just such an interesting dynamic. Mm, absolutely. Um, I suppose what would you say... What would you say to a kid who was in your position back in 2009, 2010, who, who goes undrafted but footy's still the dream? One thing I would say is to... Um, make the most of what you got, who you are. Um, you can't control whatever happens um, on the outside. You can't control what recruiters think about you. Um, you can't control what coaches think about you. You, can, you, know, um, you can only do um, whatever's in, in front of you. So the number one thing is be honest with yourself. Have you done the work? you've done the work and still not working out for you you're still not getting a break at least you can hold your head up and say you know what I'm proud of what I've put into it and I'm proud of the person I've become and I've um, I'm proud of the career that I've made for myself you know I've given it everything it just hasn't worked out I think where you start to get regrets is uh, when you let everything that you can't control get to you and it takes over and you don't do anything about it and you just get shitty, um, that's when it becomes um, a lot more difficult to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, I'm, I'm happy with what I've done. So at least being able to go, look, I gave it a shake. Absolutely. I gave it a great shake and it wasn't through lack of effort, lack of trying, lack of commitment. It, it just didn't happen yeah yeah 100% and also footy as I said at the start is a team game and we just spoke about some relationships and dynamics take that away from the game and you know as I said it's the time of your life when you're young you're fit you're playing footy with some of your best mates okay if it's not the level that you want to be you want to be in the AFL yeah have that as a goal and a, and a dream and, and that's great but you've got something really special right here with this group of players that you're playing VFL footy with, you know. Um, so be content with that and buy into that and enjoy it for what it is. VFL footy is awesome. It is awesome. You know, I've played AFL footy. I've been in a full-time environment. VFL is awesome. You know, you get to work full-time, study. Um, you know, it's relaxed in terms of – not fully relaxed but you know what I mean in terms of relax you're able to go out and enjoy a beer a little bit more and you know you're not training 
all the time. You you can if footy's not going well, well you've got your work and your study and you know whatever you've got going on. But if your work and your study's not going well, well then you've got the footy. You got you know the best. I really enjoyed that dynamic. Um, Full time footy's a bit different. You're just constantly um, you know thinking about performance and expectations and you know, it's your full time job. So how how real did any of the chatter? Between sort of 2012, 2016, was it material about you know opportunities, whether it be at Hawthorne or somewhere else? Yeah, there was talk um, throughout those years um, with with clubs. 2009, 10, 11 was the most. Um, probably 2011 was the closest. I think um, I was told in 2012, the year after that, um, Hawthorne were. Um, considering me for their last pick in the rookie draft, 2011. Um, I think they needed a ruckman. So if Adam Patterson was available at that pick, they'd go with Adam Patterson. But if he had been selected earlier on, um, then I was going to be that pick. Um, disappointing to hear. <laughs> but also gives you confidence. Yes. You know, you're still young. Um, you know, you put another good season together. Anything can happen. And then, yeah, 2013, spoke to a couple of clubs um, and then, yeah, as the years went on, I mean, you speak to a few, but then they sort of dwindle away as I got a little bit older, um, sort of after, I don't know, 23, 24, it um, sort of stopped. We spoke about this just when, when you came in. We are having a brief chat earlier with uh, Naps. Shout out to Dan Napoli. The great man. I, I think we gave him a shout out last week as well. Um, this is a stream of consciousness comment more than it is a question, but I've long thought that the, quote, mature age player is almost the most misunderstood or maligned, you know, term in the game. There's this idea of, um, I think it was Marco Bello, I was reading an article um, about you when he had been quoted in it, and he basically said there's too much talk about what a player can't do or what are their shortcomings or... Geez, he can't do this, he can't do that, he can't do this, rather than... Yeah. But you know what he is? A, B and C. And then when you add, and this sounds utterly ridiculous, when you add, oh, he's 23, he's 24, mm. you're going, well, what does that matter? Mm. And it's changing now. It's a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's... I mean, Hawthorne are doing it really well now. A little bit, under, yeah, absolutely. Mitch, you know, they've got... Um, Ned Reeves, um, Blank has just been yes. picked up, and John Newcomb and Bramble. Yep. It's it's really awesome to see, but when I was going through it, I mean, the the guy who was picked up was Mickey Barlow, and yep. he came out and had a outstanding year. I mean, he was probably leading the Brownlow halfway through the year. Um, Cameron Pedersen, Sam Gibson, Ed Kerno, these these kind of guys getting picked up, but it wasn't a whole. It wasn't many. Um, it sort of changed over the last couple of years now with the mid season draft and players getting opportunities, but it was. And it, I'm not sure about now, but it is still heavily focused on um, what you can't do uh, rather than what, what it brings. Um, and for me, it was always talk around my aerobic capacity and whether he was fit enough to, um, you know, perform at AFL level. And what did that feedback you – know, how do you receive that feedback as at that stage a 24-year-old really solid yeah. VFL? You're sort of going oh, – Yeah, well, I'm 
I, I said, well, it's true. <laughs> it was true. It was. And I had to look at the reality of what it was. Um, you know, Sydney, I remember being interviewed by Sydney and they said to me, right, what are you going to run in the beep test at the combine? And I said, oh, I don't know, 14. Like, I know, give us a number. I said, oh, 14, 4. All right, well, hold you accountable to that. And I think I ran like a 12, 4, which was atrocious. <laughs> atrocious. That's over promise, under deliver. And then I come to Box Hill and Ed Kerno's lapping me. I'm like dying when we're doing 6 1K efforts. So I had to address that. Yeah, mm. 100%. That, that is true. Did it convert or change my performance on a Saturday? I'm not sure it did. Um, you know, like I played with Shawnee Burgoyne and Shawnee wasn't a great runner, but Hallie could play on a Saturday. Um, but I had to improve. If I was going to have a shot, I'd had to improve my running. So I remember going to Waverley Park and and sorry to the... Um, you know, the Hawthorne um, management out there, they used to cover up the results with a blind. So they had a whiteboard in the weights area and there was a blind over the top and it had all their results, 2K, you know, what they were lifting with weights, so on and so forth. And I'd look at the 2K times and I'd go, right, okay, I'd need to be in that sort of bracket. Um, and then I just worked hard at it. I was still no good. <laughs> You're just, just not as but bad. I was not as bad. Yeah, yeah. To a point where my time was probably bang average, which was right in the middle. Um, which to me, I thought, well, if I'm right in the middle, I've improved a hell of a lot. And so, you know, that should hold me in good stead. And I, I remember um, an email from Fremantle. Fremantle said, oh, look, we're considering picking you up. Um, what year? Whereabouts is this, do you reckon? This was, oh, would have been maybe 2015 or 2016. And um, and then they said, oh, look, no, sorry, we're not um, interested. I said, look, just out of curiosity, I know you're not interested, that's fine. I, I don't really want to go to WA anyway. <laughs> but I said, look, just out of curiosity, what is it that is holding me? I don't get a lot of opportunities to speak to recruiters, so could you just tell me? What's holding me back? And um, they said, well, we just think your aerobic capacity isn't good enough. And I wrote this email back and it was a fair serve. I pretty much said, well, have you, even haven't, you haven't even looked at my GPS data. You wouldn't even know what my 2K time trial was at Box Hill pre-season or anything like that. And I'd written this, you know, and I'm running out games and, you know, all this stuff that I thought I'd been doing really well in. Because um, I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder. I've always been told I'm no good aerobic, but I'm going, well, hang on, I actually... And I'd, I'd written this email and I'd never sent it. <sighs> I never sent it. I just, I just left it. Is it in the outbox still? It's in the... Yeah. Just fire it off. I... I when was it? Maybe a year, two years ago, maybe. I just stumbled across it accidentally. This was after I'd... You know, played at Hawthorne. All right, wow. Was that a fascinating sort of like, oh, yeah, kind of like almost like a time machine? It was almost like here I am being told I'm never going to play AF or footy, but then I have. Yeah. Yeah. There's a beautiful sliding doors moment for you <clears throat> at the end of 2016 where the work-life balancing is getting tough. You know, you're working at New Balance at the time and you're a bit on the fence about coming back to Box Hill. Not because 
you don't love the club, you don't think you can contribute, but it's just what does the next phase look like? Do I have to focus on that? I mean, how mm. close were you to – I think was Scoresby was a, a chance for you to go back and do some local? Yep. Uh, I'd spoken to a couple of Eastern Footy League clubs and, yeah, work was ramping up and at the end of 2016, like that real core group had started to move on. So like Tom Gordon and Mark Locke and Paddy Lawler and um, Liam Tobin, there, there were a lot of guys that I played a lot of footy with um, – um, you know, I think it might have been even Sammy Cust, um, and they were hinting that they were going to be done, and and they were. At the end of that year, they left, and so I thought to myself, right, oh well, I'm was like 26, 25, 26. I'm thinking, okay, I've had a crack at it, won a flag, um, works ramping up. Do I really want to continue on and commit for another year? And so. I held off for a bit and had a bit of a think about it and um, ultimately I still had that passion and hunger to go around again and I was still determined. I was still doing my off-season running program and so for me I'm going, well, if I'm doing my off-season running program, it's a no-brainer, you know, let's go. And um, yeah, stuck with it and I'm glad I did. Um and we brought a new coach in um, and things just changed. Like, because, you know, we'd – this was the other thing. So we'd won 13. We made the grand final in 14. And that was a really tough experience um, because a lot of things went wrong for us, but there were also some decisions. I don't know how long you've, you've got, but um, we could go into that another time. And then 2015, um, we got – Absolutely smashed by Willie. Um, and credit to them, they were way too good for us. Um, so, and then 2016, we didn't make the finals. So it's going, geez, it's getting tougher. Does, and does that feel, you know, as captain as well, do you take any sort of ownership, a personal onus on, oh, yeah. geez, we're, we're slipping here, why are we slipping? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, that, yeah. You know, and it, it might not be your fault, but you kind mm. of, that burden and the pressure kind of comes to bear, doesn't it? Particularly when we gave 2015 everything. Mm. Um, you know, we were – because we'd lost 14. In 2015, we were like, let's push even harder. You know, let's lift our standards even higher. Um, let's really give this a shake. And it was probably the wrong approach looking back on it. We just went too hard. And that made 2016 difficult. Um, yeah, we shot ourselves in the foot a little bit, you know, in games. But, um, yeah, you do – you do feel it as a leader of the group when you're um, not performing as well. And, um, yeah, there were some significant challenges that year. And, it, you know, and part of that was a little bit of list turnover, um, as I said, with the VFL group, but also the AFL group was going through a bit of a change too. Um, so all these things get factored in at the end of the year. That's, that's, you know, as a VFL player, that's what you're thinking is. It's year by year and every single year you get to the end and you think about, you know, what's next and do I go around again? And, um, and I think was it that year or it might have been the year after the Development League was gone. and Yeah, 17. 17. Wrapped up, yeah. Yeah, so that, you know, you take that into consideration as well. I suppose... The, the phrase I use was sliding doors and that's exactly what it is because, 
would have been the easiest and the most understandable thing in the world for you to go, maybe it's maybe it's my time. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll stick around. And in the end, yeah, had you have up stumps, yeah, you, you wouldn't have got the opportunity. No, no. And I think it. I remember a couple of people saying this. No, no, exactly. They said just play the highest level of footy for as long as you can. So that's stuck in my head. Um, you know, and then do you, in retrospect, do you appreciate that advice? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it opens up. Opportunities opens up doors. You meet new people, um, and you know the footy club changes as you you go along. Um, so definitely, and and then I started to think about legacy a bit more. <laughs> you know, mm. let's try and get another one of those flags, and um, you know, what can I leave behind? Can I start to make an imprint in guys like a Vince Aducci, a Xavier Demars? Can I? Help these guys, uh, you know, Stewie Horner who's coming through now, you know. And he's a really good example because he's just a young player playing dev on the fringes of the senior team, getting a little bit of a taste of it when you're here. Mm. Well, now he's in the leadership group. Yeah. Playing week in, week out. Yeah. Solid contributor. One of the first names on the team sheet. And that's the pay it forward, pass the baton. 100%. Yeah. Um, And I, I love seeing it. And... Talking to, you know, when I came for the Port Melbourne um, game and I'm talking to Dooch and I'm talking to a couple of others, you know, and I'm asking, you know, how's Stewie going? And they all say, we just love what he does. He just doesn't get beaten. We just love what he brings. We know what we're going to get. He's reliable. Um, and I just hope that I played some small part in that um, and that he can then go on and put that into... Another player that's coming through that plays that position and, I mean, that's what it's about. I suppose ultimately draft day comes around, the, the rookie draft, and I was here, I was here with Naps and <clears throat> there was a little bit of a whisper, Switter, we were pretty confident that Switter would go and Naps, you know, as, as he, he's always pumping the brakes, make sure we maybe another one, maybe, we'll have to wait and see. Switter goes relatively early-ish in the pecking order, goes to Frio. Fantastic. Great story for the club. Everyone's wrapped. And then Frio have another pick and the board's lighting up and this, that, and the name David Mirror pops up. And I remember looking at Naps and going, first instinct was, this is amazing. Miz has got his opportunity. And then it was Frio. Oh, that's interesting. And Miz is sort of, um, Miz, um, Naps is sort of going, yeah, that is strange. Oh, wow. And then it quickly refreshes. It's Hawthorne. The fun part of that story is you're at Waverley. What was – how did that day play out for you <laughs> as the phone cooled down, I suppose? Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. Uh, what an amazing week, really. I uh, got a phone call out of the blue and the voice on the airline says, oh, David Scram right here, um, you know. Hoping to have a chat about you know where you're playing your footy next year, and I'm thinking, who's who's stitching me up here? Because that is that we, you, Jamazi? Yeah, yeah, we would do that, you know, and we would do it to coaches. We would ring coaches. Tell us about this player. I'm a recruiter from you know. <laughs> tell us about this bloke. Yeah, we would take the piss with things like that all the time. So I'm going right. Oh, who's taking the piss out of me now? First instinct, 
I didn't say anything like that. I just went along with it. And he goes, mate, can you meet tomorrow at Waverley Park at you know, whatever time? And you know, it'd be me and uh, Macca, I think it was. So yeah, yeah, no worries. So went and met then. He goes, look, we're thinking about picking you up. And I was just like gobsmacked. I'm going, wow, really? Um, and then a week later comes and it's the draft. And um, the way that Riley was talking to me, I know it sounds a bit stupid now looking back at it, but the way Riley was talking, it was like, it was like a, a done deal type thing. Like <laughs> as stupid as it sounds, I'm thinking, oh my, is this, like, do they want to pick me up in the national I think I've gone national. I just had this impression. Dumb. <laughs> I was way off. <laughs> but national was on a Friday night. And um, like I, I told work, I said, look, I don't know what's going on here. I think I might be getting picked up. Just need you to know that, you know, in a week's time I could be out of here. Oh, we'll see what happens, you know, when I get to it. Okay, no worries. You know, I told the wife. and So anyway, I'm watching the national. I don't get picked up. So I say to Rach, right, where's a whiskey? <laughs> Go and pour myself a, bottle, a glass of whiskey, have a drink. I said, right, let's order an Uber. Got in an Uber. We went down to Brunswick Street, Fitzroy, and we bar hopped every single bar across that thing. And I had a massive one. I was so upset. I, I just, I don't know why, looking back now, I've got no idea why I thought like that. Thought I was going, and then it didn't happen. I was like, they literally just like had a conversation with me, and I didn't get picked up. Still, and I thought I was done because in the rookie draft, they had committed to CJ. Yep, and rightly so. <laughs> well, <laughs> can I claim him? I took him under my wing a little bit as well. <laughs> I think that was a good decision. That was a good decision. Yeah, I think that was a good decision. It's a great decision. Um, and I thought they only had one pick. Yep. I thought, okay, well, they've, they've got to commit to CJ, so that's their second pick. So their first pick, they picked Harry Jones. Yep. So I was like, I'm, I'm done. That's it. All this talk, that, that's it. I'm completely done. So um, went to training. I'm upstairs at Waverley and um, Newey calls me in. He goes, I need you to look at something. So we go in and we look at the computer. Let's have a look at the computer. And it had pick 23. This is in the rookie draft. Pick 23 to Fremantle. So I go, oh, shh. I'm off to WA. I'm going, oh, no. Like I've just spoke, I just spoke to you about free. I didn't want to go to WA. I said, I've just, I've, I've got, I'm getting married. Like we've organised the wedding. <laughs> and now we're going to WA. Like what? He goes, no, 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 no. You're not going to free. Oh, it's here. It's here. They've made a mistake on the, on the screen. You're here at Hawthorne. And then it was like, holy smoke. And then that 15 minutes. There's a wonderful bit of footage of you and Clarko. Yeah. Which Hawthorne fans would immediately, I think, know. Yeah. Um, yeah, Clarko was there and, and, you know, we embraced. Like, I got to know Clarko a little bit um, in my time when I was a, a boy. Look, Clarko was very good at that. Did they is – it, is it true, the 50-game intra-club games – what was it? Was it a, a video or a... That is true. A, that a, is true. A mock sort of milestone. Yeah, that is true. So um, being a box list player, I had the opportunity to play in intra-club matches as a top-up and um, played really well in them too. 
<laughs> Brett Ratton thinks I'm the best intra-club player in the history. Uh, no, I <laughs> I played in a fair few intra-clubs. Um, so when I got drafted to Hawthorne and I played my first intra-club as a Hawthorne listed player, Damien Carroll thought it would be hilarious to put together a 50 games highlights, <laughs> intra-club highlights package. It is funny. And showed it to, I, I had to get up the front and like say a speech and all this sort of stuff. Um, and that was that was very, very funny. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that 15 minutes was just crazy, absolutely crazy. There was just so much going on. I just had to walk outside, sit down and just had my head in my hands going, what is going on right now? Like this just felt so far away last year, yet here I am. It's like all I've ever wanted was to be picked up and just have a chance to play AFL footy, like ever since I was three years old. And uh, <clears throat> obviously the flow on from that was the – how quickly did they turn that passport around for you? Because <laughs> they were going to New Zealand, which I'm going to meet Miz. I reckon that – I don't think you should need a passport to travel to New Zealand. I think we should do some kind of arrangement where they're, we're kind of like – just like next door neighbours. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Just if you're an Australian part, like Australian citizen. Yeah, show straight. us your driver's license <laughs> on the way in. But because you didn't have a passport. <laughs> no. And they were going New Zealand very quickly. Very in soon. a week's time. So obviously, someone at the club had to get on the phone to Home Affairs. So this was this was Monday Monday night. We were leaving on Sunday. When did it arrive? Thursday. That's actually okay. That's not too bad. So CJ didn't have one either. I ah. don't think. So him and I had to go. The power of football clubs. Amazing. You, if I needed a passport immediately, they'd say tough luck. Yep. I love yep. it. I think it's fantastic. I suppose ultimately you, you get to Hawthorne. Mm. You've chased that list spot for years and years and years. Mm. How was your first day? Your first week? Your first month? You know, as a professional footballer, you've you've wanted this for so long and you've probably imagined what it's like. And then when you get the opportunity to live it, what is it like? Yeah, it was um, pretty normal. <laughs> and when I, when I say normal, uh, you know, a lot of the drills we're doing at Box Hill, a lot of the running we were doing at Box Hill, the programs were very, very similar. So, and I knew pretty much all the boys because I played with them and the coaches all the coaches that were there, the only one I didn't really know that well was Clarko. But, you know, we'd met a couple of times when I was at Box Hill. So it was very, very similar. Just, you know what it felt like? It felt like a full-time footy camp. You know, we okay. go to these pre-season footy camps when we used to go down to Don Bosco there in, um, in Rosebud or wherever it was, Dramana. And, you, you know, you'd, you'd Friday night to Sunday, you'd be on this and you'd just be around the guys the whole time. That was weird for me that first week at Hawthorne because mm. I'm so used to you go to training, you go home, you go to work, you go to train, yeah. But all of a sudden, I'm with these guys like all the time. And then that week, you know, you go into dinners and um, you're doing inductions and it's just a massive week. Um, so it just felt like a full-time footy camp. Um, best way to describe those first couple of weeks. You didn't have to wait too long. In 2018 to make your debut, round four against the Demons. Demons? Yeah. Was it Demons? Yeah, it on was the, the Ds, on, yeah. On the MCG. 
Yeah. What was that like? What was that day like? What was that build up like for you? Uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting one. So as you said, yeah, I worked at New Balance. Part of my role at New Balance was uh, account manager for Melbourne Footy Club. So I built a relationship with them over a couple of years um, and got to know them really well. Um, so that was incredible. But yeah, when I got told I was making my debut, it was just um, unreal. And it was a bit different for me. You know, like when a young fella makes his debut in the AFL, they're probably just feeling really excited. And, but they've still got such a journey to go. You know, it's only the start for them. For me, it was a, a lot different of a feeling. For me, it was um, almost like a... Um, how would I put it? A recognition for all the years prior, um, all the sacrifice, the hard work, the journey. The so it doesn't feel like the first step up the mountain? No, not at all, not at all. It's like a vindication mm. type of feeling and just go and enjoy it. Just go and have the best time of your life, um, soak it in and... I didn't have any – like I, I get nervous every game. I still get nervous. I'm playing local footy and before every game I get nervous. I was not nervous that day. It was just like you're going to do it, mate. Go and just love it. How was the family? How was Mick? Yeah, pumped, pumped. Yeah, the family's pumped. Um, had about, I don't know, 92 people in the rooms. <laughs> Uh, this is Brendan Whitecross tells a funny story actually. Um, so the family got given tickets on the second level there with all the Hawthorne family and the players and all that sort of stuff. Typical Italian family, they come with my grandparents and you know. <laughs> dad was in his absolute element. And Brendan Whitecross he tells me, Brendan says, he goes, oh, your dad is in his absolute element. He's going, he's offering food to people. You know, he's got his coffee and he's, you know, hey, you want a coffee? Why, are you okay for a coffee? You want a coffee? Hey, you good for a coffee? How do you get this in the venue? <laughs> <is> my question. <laughs> Smuggled it in. <laughs> in a thermos. Um, so, yeah, no, that was, that was a really special moment. And then, yeah, they came in the rooms after the game and we've got a photo of, of everyone there and, um, then we went back to my house and we had pizzas and a couple of beers and um, really soaked it in. So, I, <clears throat> I can only speak for myself, but I remember tuning into the game and I'd only done the Box Hill stuff for the, the year prior. I'll give Johnny Cavara a shout-out, uh, Mr Box Hill, of course. Um, when I first got to the footy club, I didn't actually see you play until round one. For whatever reason, you didn't do any of the pracky games or, or none. that I, did. I think I'd covered two because we played a pracky game out at um, uh, the Hangar mm, mm. and that was notable because uh, Luke Hodge was playing. Yeah. So, yeah. so you hadn't featured yet but, but Johnny, was, he was a big fangirl for you, to be honest. We can say this now, years removed. But he was a big, big fan and he said, oh, I guess Miz, he goes, wait, see Miz. Like, and I was like, yeah, cool, can't, can't wait. Round one comes, we beat Footscray. It was a really good game, a mm. couple of points, and it just clicked. I saw it. Immediately I went, oh, I get it. Mm. Leadership, and that's the captain of the footy club. I'd seen you around the club, hadn't seen you play. So I only had that year, and you were injured for 
six or eight games or something in that year. Yeah. So I actually didn't. So that did my hammy. So it rolls around anyway, and the next year rolls around, you get drafted. Fantastic. And I remember you coming up the race and thinking, I got a bit of a lump because I sort of thought we'd spoken for the website a couple of times and I'd sort of got your story a bit. And I just went, it just kind of is this involuntary emotional thing where I just went, oh, beauty. I went, how good's this? So this is, I can't really explain it. So I could only imagine for the family and for the people that had been on the journey for eight years would have just been beside themselves. Oh, yeah. Um, the text messages and phone calls and um, social media posts. and It was overwhelming. Mm. It really was. It was crazy. Phone just went berserk. Um, and seeing the names of, oh, yeah, I played with that guy in 2012 and oh, I remember him. Um, yeah, it was a um, really special time. Um, and it was a it was a a massive year. It was a huge year that year, two thousand and eighteen. <laughs> um, See, we got the best of both worlds because we got the great David Mirror, Box Hill Boy made good story on the big stage, which was great. But we also got the David Mirror is going to help us win a flag. Yeah, yeah. And we end up winning the flag. Yeah, wow. And then the manner that win the flag in mm. is this sort of crazy. Mm. Some of the great VFL games of all time in oh. that four-week finals run, and so for us it was this really great feel. And Blanky's a bit like that as well, where you're oh, kind of like, yeah. "This is brilliant, Blanky. This Special. is so good." Yeah. But you're also ours mm. as well, which mm. is, you know, we want you to be playing senior footy every week. Don't yep. get me wrong, but mm. if you're not, mm. we get you. Yeah, which is fantastic. Which is what I tried to make my mentality in in my time at Hawthorne. Um, Look, I'll, I'll be a realist here. Was I ever going to be in the starting 22 at Hawthorne? No. Um, my role was very much a depth player. You know, if a, if a um, Ben Stratton went down or a, or a James Sicily or a, or a James Frawley, um, you know, then I might get the call. So whilst I was disappointed that I wasn't – I wanted to play for Hawthorne. And whilst I was disappointed um, that I wasn't selected, my mind was, how good's this? I get to go back to Box Hill, a club that I absolutely love, a club that I've spent many years at, that I've got great mates at, and I just get to have an awesome time. You're a full-time footballer yeah. for Box Hill. So, you know, that that was my mentality. Very much like you're saying, you know, how good's this, Blanky? You get to – you know, if you do ever come back and play it. Box Hill, it's great for us. Mm. Um, that was my mentality is, okay, well, you know, it'll be great. If I played Hawthorne, awesome, but, you know, I get the best of both worlds. <laughs> so now a couple of years removed from that, how do you holistically reflect on your two years on the Hawthorne list? 11 games, you played a final on the MCG. Yeah, yeah. You know, how do you decompress yeah, all of that? Yeah, played in some uh, amazing games. Like we, a couple of fondest memories was 95,000 at the MCG, <laughs> semi-final against Melbourne. Now we lost... That was an incredible experience um, to be there at that time. Um, you know, we played in a um, well, a couple of weeks before we played against Sydney up at Sydney at the SCG, and we had to win to make the top four. Um, and I got recalled for that game, and we won that game, and we made the top four. Um, and that was you know back at the hotel room and having some drinks, and that was a really special time. Obviously, my debut. Um, you know, got to meet some 
fantastic people. No doubt I would have loved to have played more games than I did, but I'm incredibly proud of what I was able to achieve in that time. I think I got the most out of myself and my body and I gave it absolutely everything I had. Um, and I was, at, I was at the place where there was some incredible coach, like to have Clarko as your coach, um, to have played with AFL premiership players, to have experienced it was um, just incredible and to have made mates that I'm still friends with today has been, um, has been great. But it's also opened up doors for me. It's, it's done a lot. Um, it, it really is. And I, like, Make the most of it, isn't it? Yeah. And, and that year I got to go to Kokoda. Brilliant. Like still to this day it's probably the best thing I've ever been involved in was going to Kokoda and doing that, um, doing it with, you know, the footy club with, um, you know, 20 of your best mates. That was really, really special. Um, one of my fondest memories, you know, we went to New Zealand, we went to camps at Mooloolaba. Um, you know, I got married that year in 2018. Um, you know, I had to change the honeymoon, which was a bit of an awkward situation because I, I foolishly... I'd organised the honeymoon. So we got married in March. Um, I missed a, a – this is the first ever um, – I don't know if this has been done in history, but it had mirror – this is a JLT game. Mirror out, <laughs> married. Wedding. Wedding. <laughs> I don't know if it's ever happened. <laughs> I think of the first one. So that was in March. Yeah. We did the honeymoon. I had booked it grand final weekend. I thought, oh, I don't know if we're going to make the grand final. I thought, we'll be safe, won't we? And then, you know, I wasn't in the team midway through the year. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm not going to. They'll just let and me then, go. Then they start winning. <laughs> They're getting a roll. All of a sudden, I'm back in the team. It's round 23. We've got to win to make the top four. I've still got it booked for grand final weekend. We win. All of a sudden, we're in a qualifying final. You know, we win the qualifying. We final. win the qualifying final. Sweat it's a prelim the, at the MCG. Sweat on the brow. So I remember I went to Ruff and I just said, <laughs> Ruff, um, just help us with this. I've got my honeymoon booked. He goes, No, no, man, you're changing that. Thought, Damn it! <laughs> it's not the answer I was hoping for, Ruff. I said, But Ruff, do you understand <laughs> that in the Maldives, <laughs> September to October is a change of season. It's more expensive <laughs> to do it. No, no, I don't care what it costs you. You're moving it. Right, rough. Okay. I'll do what you say. Fair enough, rough. So I think it cost me an extra couple of grand just to move it September to October, um, and you know, we got we got bundled out in the semi final. How's this? Lose a semi final to Melbourne. Mm. The very next week, win a grand final against Casey Demons. Revenge. It was just <laughs> revenge. It was unbelievable. <laughs> but you never, you never, you never lose to go into a grand final. Um, That's not so usually you, how you, it works. You change your mindset, and it, and it was it was crazy. So um, Friday night we lose to Melbourne in the semi final. We go out and have a couple of drinks, and you, your mindset is just morbid. You're just upset. Was there ever any chatter that you wouldn't play the next week? No, there wasn't. No, no, no. No, Would you no. have just nipped that in the bud and said, no, I'm playing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, Saturday I reckon we had a couple of drinks. <laughs> and then Sunday was the prelim against Willie. Yep. 
and I'm sitting there and it was a tense game. It's an all-time great VFL final. And so on one hand you're going, shit, tomorrow's Mad Monday, they lose. Or if they win, tomorrow's preparation for a grand final. And they win by... Four points. One See, point. I didn't. I didn't well, play any of point. the VFL finals. I didn't play. No, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, I just played the grand final. It just went it's straight the way, in. It's and the way to do it. It's the dream. It's the dream. You're um, and then you win the grand final, and that was just extraordinary. I did. I did leave one accolade off your resume at the top. Mm-hmm. Is Norm Goss medalist? Of course. Yeah, controversial. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Pitto played pretty well that game. If you you remember that game. I can say this now. Pitto had it on a silver platter, this Mark Pitnett. The statute of limitations has expired, but my old man did, um, uh, when I saw him next, uh, he goes, oh, unbelievable, fantastic, and he'd seen some of the stuff we'd done. Oh, how good's this? And he goes, I thought the Ruckman was a bit stiff. <laughs> I, I can he, honestly. I thought, oh, me, I said, me's played really well as well. He goes, no, 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 he did. He goes, oh, he goes no, I thought, uh, and we're, we're Carlton fans now, so yeah, you know. yeah. And he goes, oh, I thought, uh, yeah. yes, I thought the Ruckman was a bit. And I said, yeah, well, I, mean, I didn't vote, so I don't know what you're having to go with me for. Yeah. Hey, but hey, you got the medal. Yeah, but you know, um, I I took it off and gave it to Dad. Yep. Dad wore it around that night. He's probably still wearing. No, it. he's he's got it at, at his house. Yep. Yeah. 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 So. How close? Just closing the chapter on your Hawthorne Box Hill time. How close were you to coming back in 2020? There was the will it, won't it, shortened VFL season and there was a little bit of chatter, the COVID lockdowns and the VAFA season had been nixed mm, mm. And, and there was a little bit of talk that maybe mm. you might come back for a bit of a – I think it was going to be something like an eight-game season. Well, earlier than that, after the 2019 season, I had conversations with Hawthorne, I had conversations with Naps about um, – sticking around and what I wanted to do moving forward um, and I decided at that point it was it was best for me and what was next in uh, my professional career work and and footy was to move on and move elsewhere. Would you have ever entertained playing for another VFL club? No. No, no, I was, I was, yeah, I was done with VFL, yeah. Um, and, you know, Posty was the catalyst in driving me to go to Collegians. But, yeah, then midway through the year, the VAFA season was called off, but the VFL hadn't been called off. So I think we had a couple of conversations about, you know, do you want to play some footy, just come down and train and see what happens? Because there was a couple of – I think – Brolic was one. I think Anthony, it was actually like signed. Anthony Brolic. We did a video for Brol. Yeah, because uh, he'd come back and yeah, that the whole twenty twenty season the the door shut as quickly as it opened. Mm. Really, I, I think we only trained for him maybe two weeks, maybe. Yeah, and then it was now nah, we're not doing it, and everyone went oh okay, guess that's that. That was a nuts year, wasn't it? We're nuts, crazy. Not, yeah, and Musma was born in March. We're in the hospital, and. We're watching a press conference on the TV. Next minute, like you can't leave the hospital. There's, you know, things are roped off. Signs everywhere. You got to get like it was doomsday. Crazy times. Yeah. Crazy times. And 
You mentioned collegians. Yeah. Uh, you're running around for them these days. How's that going for you? Yeah, it's good. It's good fun. It's a great footy club, collegians. Um, I'm loving my time down there. Last year was a difficult year. Um, we had a lot of injuries and, yeah, we didn't play that well and we only won, I think, two games for the year against the same team, Scott. So it was, wasn't a great year. Um, but this year we've turned things around. Um, you know, we're on the cusp of the four and, um, you know, we're playing some really good footy and uh, it's great to still be involved and running around and um, who knows, you know, what will happen next year or um, – but, yeah, I'm still very much enjoying my footy and you know, I'm playing forward, which is – One of my favourite – Box Hill, we lost the game, so I don't mean favourite in that sense, but mm. we were playing Werribee out at um, Werribee. Mm. And we, we just beat Werribee this past weekend. Yeah. We never beat Werribee. Every game we play against Werribee is yep. the same game. It's either wet or windy or both. They get a bit of a jump on us. We threaten to come back. We get ourselves to within touching distance, maybe early in the last quarter, and then they shut the door. It feels like every game I've been involved with Box Hill against Werribee has been that. Saturday looked like that. And I thought this is just deja vu. But uh, Newey swung you forward. Yeah. And I think you'd kicked in your VFL career, you might have kicked four goals in 126 games yeah. or something crazy. Yeah. And you kicked, you went bang, bang, bang. <laughs> I think I doubled it. <laughs> you went, you, you'd legitimately, I think you kicked three goals real quick. Yeah. And it yeah. was sort of like we've been doing this wrong for 126 games. We've been playing this guy at the wrong end of the field. Yeah, it's a funny one with Newey. Um, because the, the following week we played Casey at home. Yep. And he played me forward. And I think I kicked four, maybe five <laughs> against Casey. And then I went up and played AFL footy. And then the next game I came and played VFL was the grand final. Yeah. And Newey goes, well, you played forward and you did really well. We'll play forward in the grand final. <laughs> he, still, he still says to me, he says to me, um, Oh, I'm happy you turned up at half time because <laughs> he swung me back because that wasn't working playing forward. Um, so, how does that conversation go? Is it just really quick? You're going back and you just shift mindset oh, yeah. straight away? You yeah. just go, yeah, okay. It happened really quickly. It happened, oh, I think it happened in the end of the first quarter. Do you, yeah. do you, is that something that you even feel comfortable broaching? Sort of saying, look, is this working? Look, I'm not going to lie. I like playing forward, so I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to say I want to go back. Like, no. Look, the the runner came came out and just said, "Mate, you got to go. You and Tio were swapping." So Tim O'Brien, you got to go. Go back. Um, Tio will go for it's just not working. So um, play a natural position, play a natural game, and um, hopefully we turn things around. So, and that you just go. Yep, no drama's all good, and you you go and play a role. We're well, pleased to report. Things did turn around. Things did turn around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks to Pitto. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Pitto. He's, he's and Ollie Hanrahan. Ollie Hanrahan had a, had a terrific final series. Dylan Moore. Dylan Moore. Kicked yes. an unbelievable goal. Two. Unbelievable at, right goals. on half time. Yeah. That just sort of went, there's an interest here. We're, we're alive here. Yep. Chris Jones had a fantastic moment to tee up. Yeah. Um, How long have you got, budgie? We can talk about this all One more minute. So we, I, I promised Charlie Beasley, yep. who, who we did cross paths with yep. uh, as we were standing in the doorway there, I'd bring this up. So Charlie Beasley plays for Old Trinity. He came up against you earlier in the year. He has a version of your matchup that I think 
I'm, I'm prepared to give – he told me privately, I'm prepared mm. to give you a public right of reply. Mm-hmm. So he said he kind of had you under control mm. and then part of your arm might have made contact with his part of his face mm. and then you kind of kicked a couple goals and – And ended up winning the game. Ended up us. winning the game. Yeah. And um, yep. by his own admission, we're probably the best man on the ground. Mm. Does that marry up with your recollections of how that game played out? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he um, he had, had me for three quarters, not not quite for four. So um, he said you just got off the rope a bit, just a little bit. That can happen. He did did praise you, but he did also say you might have hit him in the head. Oh, I don't recall that happening. <laughs> don't, I don't know. Might have. There's no footage of it. There's no, there no. is footage. There'd be footage there. The Vaffa do record it. So we well, it was nothing to... cited, nothing came of it. So, I mean, well, that's right. Yeah. Exactly right. That's, well, anyway. Miz, you've been absolutely outstanding. There's only one more thing. We do like a quick hands word association. Yep. We ready to rock and roll? Ready to go. I'm going to turn this. I don't know how loud this little thing's going to be, but we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. Here we go. Who was your toughest opponent? Um, Sammy Donnell and Ahmed Saad. Team you most like to beat? Port Melbourne and Williamstown. Favourite footy cliche? <laughs> we want it more. <laughs> Favourite venue to play footy at? Box Hill City Oval and MCG. Push-pull? Weird. <laughs> uh, Not fashion. <laughs> uh, number one or number 32? Oh, that's a good question. One. Um, go-to TV show for a laugh? Um, my go-to TV show for a laugh would be... Um, what do I find funny at the moment? Uh, I don't know, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, 2013 or 2018? Oh, you can't do that. That's like trying to... Pick your favourite child. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Stallone or Schwarzenegger? Stallone. I thought you'd say that. <laughs> Rocky. Adrian! <laughs> Billy Murphy or Xavier Damasi? <laughs> well done. Well done. Do you want an extension to that question? What's the extension? Which company would you buy stock in? BMF or Raphael's? Uh, Raphael. Really? Not BMF? Well, I have bought stock in BMF in, in the past and the trust isn't quite there when they're dropping equipment off the highway onto, onto the side of the road. Um, I think it's still there. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Could be. Could be like a shipwreck. Like it just stays there. It's just, you know, like that... That roundabout for people who know it, it used to have the apple peel in it. Yep. It's now just an intersection. That's right. Yeah, they've <laughs> yeah, actually roped off around the equipment. I think they've gotten rid of the roundabout. It's, it's just traffic lights now. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. Um, but there is a section where they've just they've just roped around the the gym equipment, which is still just there <laughs> on the side of the road. People come and take photos. <laughs> There's a plaque. Stonehenge. <laughs> Miz, uh, You've been absolutely outstanding. We've loved having a chat with you today um, and celebrating your career and, and your time at the footy club. You know, we mentioned that you your imprint 
is still felt to this day as a testament to all that you achieved here and, and the legacy that you left behind. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you. I certainly hope that um, Box Hill fans and, and Hawthorne people and whoever has listened have, have enjoyed it as much as I have. Congratulations on the Hall of Fame. Um, thank you so much and obviously don't be a stranger. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, um, pleasure to be here and, and thanks for the opportunity to jump on the podcast and um, wish you and, and the footy club all the best for the season ahead. I'll be watching closely and hopefully I can get down to a game soon. So there it is, our chat with Hall of Famer David Mirror. I really hope you enjoyed it. Like I said off the top, I do apologise for the start being cut off. I'm not really sure how that happened. I did have a heart attack when I thought that was the whole episode was corrupted. So to just lose that first 60 seconds or so is probably not a bad result. But I really can't thank Miz enough for his time. He was so open, so genuine, um, just the sort of guy he is. You know, no one who has had any involvement with David Mirror at the Box Hill Hawks or the Box Hill Football Club uh, will have a bad word to say about him. Um, he's a champion both on and off the field. And uh, I think it's fair to say that certainly in this century, certainly in the Box Hill Hawthorne alignment, um, there is no better uh, figure in the history of the club. Um, <clears throat> he's an out-and-out -out champion on and off the field. And uh, to celebrate his achievements and his contributions, um, as the club has in the last week or so, is you know a testament to that. So thank you so much to David for his time. Um, I really, really hope you enjoyed the chat. Always remember to like and subscribe to the channel if you are enjoying what we're doing here. It will obviously let you know when new episodes drop straight away and it certainly helps us to grow the channel uh, and to get a little bit more spread and a little bit more you know, cut through, which is really greatly appreciated. So uh, one last shout out to Budget Car and Truck Rental, obviously fantastic sponsors of the club and of this show. Um, my name's Sean Peterbunch. We'll catch you again next time. Thank you.